0: coming to you in this week's episode
1: just listening to you i found it's interesting to hear the difference between what you believe is old and what you and how you feel you said when children are, are when your children are around you feel young that doesn't mean that you're not old it just means you feel younger
0: Welcome to Peter and Phil's Courageous Conversations, a podcast addressing race relations and social issues in hopes that you'll be inspired to do the same. Now, let's begin our conversation with your hosts, Dr. Peter Weinstein and Dr. Philip Nelson. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. It's Courageous Conversations with Peter and Phil. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for joining us. Thank you to Nationwide for hosting us. And thank you to Spotify and Apple for dealing with us. Dr. Phil, it's time for another therapy session.
1: Oh, gosh, I know. I, I and And I really need it right now. First of all, I had fun this week, despite the fact that most of the news was about indictments and trials and everything else but my children and half my grandchildren were in the house again and i was reminded of what it means to be an old man (laughs) that was a good segue into something
0: i just came back from getting a haircut okay and uh the stylist said i need to ask you a question and i said where is this going to myself i said "I, i was cutting somebody's hair the other day and i asked them i said what's your definition of old I, you know i started to talk about more of the physiological and maybe psychological components she said no but do you have a is there a date an an age that you associate with old and i said well when i was younger it was one thing and now that i'm older it's another started to have a conversation about what is old because you said you were feeling old
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: uh i thought When kids came into the household, it made you feel young. So, but it was interesting because there are, if you go back 200 years, 40 was old, Mm. but we have in 2023, old 40 year olds and young 40 year olds and old 70 year olds and young 70 year olds. So I don't know if we could actually assign a chronological number to age. Which has absolutely nothing to do with most of our conversations, but I just thought it was a good segue from what you were talking about. No, it's a
1: good comment. This is good, this is part of our of the conversation. We should talk about everything, including relativity <laughs> in terms of age. <laughs> just listening to you, I found it's interesting to hear the difference between what you believe is old and what you and how you feel. You said when children are are when your children are around, you feel young. That doesn't mean that you're not old. It just means you feel younger. Uh, I think that's one of the attractions that kept me in academia because it kind of, because I didn't age as fast simply because I was always around young people. And they were always the same age. You know, every, every class that I've admitted in the 40 years of my career had an average age of 24. I was always aware of the issues of the 24 year old generation at the time uh that that does keep you young I remember once when um I was in my 30s um um uh, Doris and I called my parents one day and all four of us were on the phone and my dad asked Doris said so how are you all doing and my and dar's response was, oh, you know, middle age issues. We got to raise the kids. We got to do this. We have to get them to school. go about to start. We got to buy school supplies. We got to do this. We got to do that. And she was just she went on for about five minutes, bemoaning what was going on. And then at the end of it, uh, my mom said over the phone, "Did you hear that, Chief? They think they." our middle age (laughs) 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 and you know and and they were in their late 50s at the time you know and and so i said wait a minute you all plan on living until you're 100 and my dad said damn skippy so old is a relative term of course, as you get older, you move the age up. Everybody doesn't get black balloons at 40. Some people just move the, the goalpost, you know, w- w- once they realize that they've suddenly reached that age where that they thought was ancestry.
0: We as a, as a world, or maybe an American world, have kind of assigned old to 65 because that's Medicare. And 62 is Social Security, and you can get, you go to the uh, the movies, and you can get a senior discount at 55 or something like that. And AARP starts sending out retired persons invitations. I think at 18, or at least it felt that way when I got it at my in my 50s. But so we we've kind of as a country assigned age groups for old. That I think start to psychologically impact you, and you just and in my case, I do everything I can to ignore the chronological number and go with the physiological feeling.
1: Yeah, I tend i I tend to just go with whether I can get out of bed in the morning as my estimation of age. Uh, It's it's amazing how we how we have these social structures that create expectations around age you know you 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 know uh, when you and i were uh, were coming up it was the dichotomy of age was illustrated by the fact that we had to register for the armed forces at 18 but we couldn't drink until 21. and yet all the movies showed us that once you got into the armed forces you did nothing but drink if you weren't if you weren't fighting you know, and so all those boys that were on the screen were 18 years, between 18 and 21, and yet they had no problems getting a beer. And now it's left it's it's carried over to the point that you know you you can still be conscripted into the armed forces at 18 because that's you know that's when you're most virile and young and strong and and you can fight. But you don't have the mental capacity to handle your own liquor. But even the government changes. They have to recognize the data that says that we're living longer. And so 65 is no longer the cutoff for old. I could not retire until I was 66 and a half. You know, now that was because of accounting purposes. They didn't have enough money to allow me to retire at 65. You know, They broke the promise to me when I started working. Because they're like, if you want your money to last until you die, you're going to have to retire a little bit later than than we promised. And I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. I don't necessarily see that as a renege on a promise because of the health of the improvements in health care that allowed that. The only problem I have with the, that data is that it doesn't apply to black men as directly as it does to white men black men still are are not likely to accrue social security benefits because they die around 65 and there are some who might say well that's the trade off between welfare and and social security and that just really bothers me too when the majority of people on on welfare are not black
0: I'm I'm not thinking that social security actually went and created actuarial data that said, okay, let's make it 65 so we don't have to pay social security to black men. Do you think that really is the case, or is it just happened to be that that's how things have turned out?
1: Oh, I don't think they thought about it at all. Yeah. No, no. But, but, but when you say did it just happen to turn out, it is a fact that occurred because of bias and non-caring and ignorance
0: well and you know that with nutritional challenges and the well yeah well that's but but again
1: but all of that is a result of racism right all of that is a result of the practices of the nation and so in a sense it was purposeful but it was not organized If, if if you if you understand what i'm saying it's the net effect of chronic neglect and chronic, chronic bias, chronic, and it's the net effect of structural racism. When you systematically deny access to education so that you can afford healthcare, when you systematically deny access to healthcare directly, because you deny access to good-paying jobs, when you provide a biased-based system. I mean, there was a time when none of, you know uh, uh, nobody in my culture could be a policeman, which was a middle-class job. Therefore, that meant that we had limited access to the middle class. There was a time when people of my culture could only teach in certain schools and those certain schools only dealt with certain people and therefore they got paid less which meant that they had limited access to middle class which affected their ability to have access to appropriate health care all of those things add up
0: so you know you, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago the aging of the government and or the aging of the population, but that our mental capacities now are greater than they have been and our ability to to think uh, and deal with the challenges are we we can do it at much older ages than we used to. And I think we see this in Washington right now. In the sense that the. um, McConnell has had his recent shares of physical challenges that may or may not be mental challenges. And the two leading candidates for the presidency in 2024 are two of the oldest candidates, if not the oldest candidates that we've ever seen, running for that top position. So we have seen a shift in many ways age-wise in the government too we see young people but i'm just amazed at how we have so much old leadership in the government as well
1: yeah you know i find your observation somewhat astute but i don't necessarily follow the logic that you're uh, promoting here on the one hand i think that we should take a moment and be a us astonished at the medical miracle that has occurred over the last fifty years, what we're seeing—your example—is a, te- a testament to the literal elongation of life of human life as a result of medical care in the first world. First world, and this discussion about the age of our leadership is an issue that I'm not sure sure third world countries are even bothered with right now. Uh, but it's also a combination, but it's a combination of the fact that we, that we are, as you say, cogn, cognitively competent at older and older ages, which is a true testament to health care. Uh, to our improvement in health care, et cetera, until we look at the demographic breakdowns of how many people get there, et cetera, et cetera. and whether this is a universal uh, privilege or are we still playing you know playing around the margins, But it does show what we can do with you know, with appropriate health care. I'm not diminishing the fact that we have our top contestants right now um for the leadership of this country, are 70 plus. I do wonder, however, there's clearly a taste for youth or at least moderation in age. I remember when Kennedy won. I was only six or seven years old at the time, but I was so glad a young man won. I, I was glad to see a virile young man at the hit, at, at the helm. I think that's one of the attractions of the attractiveness that you see in France's leader or Canada's uh, prime minister—that we have developed uh, leaders that they're ready to take that helm at such a young age and apply their vigor and and not have to worry about health or 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 the potential of an un- untimely death—and uh, so I do understand that, and I and it does bother me that you know we have two near octogenarians or octogenarians vying for this office. And even then, we're kind of stretching the plausibility of, of the lifespan. On the other hand, it's not all about healthcare, it's not all about age. It's also about our country's ability to develop civic minded leaders who we would trust to be in that office and at this point we are so polarized as a nation that we don't have any real choices in either party that's coming you know there's apparently there's only one choice in the democratic party and even though we have we may have 10 people on the stage on the republican party there's still only one choice there too and my and my concern is where is everybody else yeah, you know, that's that's a great question because where are the future leaders?
0: Where where, where are we going to find them? How can we grow them? And in, in, in my opinion, leadership is a combination of nature and nurture. You're not necessarily a born leader, and you're not necessarily a created leader, but a little bit of both gets you to that point. Are we not building the same? future leaders as we used to? Are there some structures within elementary, middle school, high school that are not providing, and, and I think we've even talked about this, the civics and government education that lead to leaders? I mean, have we just stopped giving and providing the, the necessary foundational concepts in education that take Individuals who have that inkling to become a leader and make them that, and 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 I'm just I'm free freewheeling on a bunch of questions because it just feels like it's very hard to, you know, where have all the leaders gone and
1: where are we going to find them? So the leaders have have, the leaders have not gone anywhere. The leaders are developed now. Whether they step forward or not is a totally different issue. Um, I believe we have all the leaders we need in our populations in our however I'm not so sure they're prepared which gets to one of your questions about civic preparation and and civic mindedness etc and I I don't think we pay enough attention to that and I don't and I and I'm not sure how to do it in in today's culture uh, particularly with cancel culture and uh, people ste- overstepping their lanes, it bothers me that I am extremely disturbed by the latitude that politicians are now taking to Im- uh, impose their values beyond constitutional means. I have no problem with individual opinions. I just have problems when you start reordering the world to fit your view of the world, especially if it means changing the rules of the game so that your view is inordinately expressed. That in and of itself says you don't understand what a democracy is. And, and I think we'll talk about that probably in, in our next conversation.
0: Thank you for joining us for another Courageous Conversation. Be sure to follow us and check back next week for more.